You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Belinda Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Good afternoon, beautiful family. I trust you've had a wonderful day. I have a special message for you today, but before we go into the message, I would love us just to do the declaration together. Are you ready? Let's say it together as is the custom of Household of Christ. One, two, three. I'm a son of God revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved, I'm healed, I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. I accept the sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection power in my life. I'm bound to his word and can do what it says I can do. I receive the word with meekness and I'm changed from glory to glory. I have the God kind of faith. I'm the righteousness of God and will never be the same. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. What a beautiful declaration, church, a declaration that we are sons and daughters being revealed, that we are blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. This declaration is really a life changer. I want to encourage you, declare this over your family, declare it over your life, declare it over your circumstances, and it's the pure word of God that can only affect anything. Amen? But before we start today, let's let's just take a moment to pray. Father, thank you for this afternoon, Lord, and thank you for every family, Lord. Thank you for every father, Lord. Thank you for every family that has fathers within today, Father, and also those families that maybe do not have daddies today, Lord. We pray your grace and your mercy on every single household this afternoon. Lord, we know that you are the father to the fatherless father, and that you are there for every single situation, Lord. We, we place today even in your hands, and we thank you for giving us the opportunity to call you our Father, to call you our Daddy, to call you our Lord. And this afternoon, we just give you this whole message, Father. We give you this whole time. Be the voice upon my voice, Father, and bring change into hearts, Father, as they realize that you are truly sovereign over their lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. Church, I think you got, a, you got a small glimpse of what I'm going to speak to you about today when I mentioned the sovereignty of God. The title of my message today is to live a content life. You know, to live a content life is something beautiful and it's something incredible and it lights up every single moment of every single day. But many of us live a life in such a hurried way. Uh, we get up in the morning and we hurry to the next assignment. We, we hurry to get back from work. We hurry to do what we have to do. And we sometimes miss the beauty of every single moment in every day. When we grow up, I remember as a young, young lady thinking, if I could only be a teenager, if I could be a teenager, life would just be complete. And I was living for that moment to become a teenager. But after that, later on, you, you think, okay, now I'm a teenager, what now? Now I want to live to meet Mr. Wright, amen? And I want to go and study. And you're always looking at the next season, the next thing coming along. And once you get your husband, the next thing you start thinking about is children. Oh my gosh, I need to have children now. But you don't realize that every single season has its own beauty. Every single season has its own way of expressing God to you. And we're always looking at the next Us ladies are so great at looking at the mirror and saying, if only I had a bigger nose or a smaller nose or a a different body shape or um, if only I had those calves that that athlete has on the TV or whatever your moment is. We all live in those moments as ladies and we look at ourselves and we're always looking at what we think we need instead of just being content in the moment of who we are right now. We see this in so many people in the Bible. 
where Jesus was actually right there. But because of their own situation, because of their own circumstances, because of their own perceptions and their own worries and troubles, they are looking already at the next, or maybe even worrying about the, what happened in the past. Sometimes we're not even just looking towards our next season, we are regretting our past season. And that's just as detrimental because God gives us grace for every day. So if I'm living in my next season, am I not missing something in my current season? Where I can see that God is really with me, but I'm so worried about the next that I, that I don't appreciate the now. We see this in a group of men traveling from Emmaus to their hometown. It had just been the Passover. They were very disappointed because Jesus had just been crucified. They did not expect Jesus to die and they were, they were debating the resurrection of Jesus. And as they were walking on the road and speaking to each other, they never even realized that Jesus was in their midst. They were debating and speaking and wondering and pondering and questioning. Don't we often do that, ladies? We wonder and we ponder and we question and we don't even know that God is actually just right there in our midst. And these young men were walking to Amias and they were debating, who is this Christ? And without even realizing that Jesus was right there with them. Jesus even joined in the conversation. Can you imagine? When they got to their village later and they realized that Jesus had been with them all along the way, they realized that they actually missed a whole, tra a whole trip, a whole traveling moment with him because they were so absorbed in their own opinions and their own ways and what they think should have happened and what they think could have happened and what they think didn't happen. I think many of us as young ladies, we often do that. We wonder, should have I not said that? Could it not have been that way? Um, what, what, what is the next? Instead of just taking every day one step at a time and saying, God, thank you for today. Thank you for this season. Thank you for this moment. You are beautiful in this moment and you are beautiful in my next moment. And guess what? You were beautiful in my past moments. But many times I never even saw that because I was so absorbed in what I was feeling and what I was seeing at that moment. The second person I'm going to mention today is Mary Magdalene at the tomb. You can imagine her saviour had died. She got to the tomb and she was weeping. She was crying her heart out and through her tears and, and through the blurriness of her eyes, so, somebody was standing behind her. And she turned around and she's like, I don't know where my Savior is. I, I don't know what they've done with my Lord. Without even realizing that the person tapping her on her shoulder was her Lord. He was right there with her. But she expected something else. That's what we often do, church. We get to a place in our lives that we are always looking at the next instead of enjoying the now. Turn to your neighbor, whoever they are in your lounge this afternoon, and say, I'm going to start living in my now and leaving my next into the hands of the Savior. Amen. And our third example this afternoon is, is Jacob in Genesis 28. He'd had this massive dream, this vision of a ladder and angels and coming up and down the ladder and voices and speaking and, and the cloud of glory and, and all sorts of things. And he wakes up and he doesn't even realize that the God, the Messiah, had visited him in his dream. Genesis 28 actually says, let me read it to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Without any doubt, the Lord is in this place. And I did not even realize it. 
Isn't that so true for us today, church? Many times we wake up and we say, surely God was in this place and I didn't even realize it. Just like Jacob and Mary and those young men on the way to, to um, Amias, we, we can stop and say, what is it that I'm facing today? Or we can stop and say, Jesus, what do you want me to face today? Uh, we can look at our situation and see all the turmoil and all the worrying and all the, all the beautiful things that we see in our lives today. You know, um, in this lockdown, in the new level two, three, four, whatever we're at at the moment, uh, we can just look at all these circumstances screaming and we can say, I want back, I just want the normal again. Instead of saying, God, you are right here, even in this lockdown. You are right here, even in our levels. Level 1 to 11, whatever level, Lord, you are in this level with us. And you are with us and we're going to take the season one step at a time. But we, we, we learn a very important truth from Paul. Paul teaches us a truth that, that establishes his heart in many hard times. You know, Paul was beaten unfairly. He was accused. He was brought before kings. He was, he was imprisoned. Um, there were false accusations coming towards Paul. And Paul said a very strange thing. He says, I've learned to be content in all these things. Then we get to hear this beautiful word called content. Let's read it quickly in Philippians. Philippians 4 verse 11 to 13 says, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content in whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation. Whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. The other translation says, I'm not telling you this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be satisfied in any circumstance. I know what it means to lack and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger, and I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Decide to embrace your season of life. Decide to live a life that is different to living for the next or living because of the past. Decide to embrace today. Just like Paul, he could sit in a dungeon and worship and he could be on a ship being shipwrecked and dead and, and worship. And he could be in the, the peak of his life talking to a church. And he could be content because he knew that his life was centered in Christ Jesus. A content life is a happy life. I want to read you the definition of content. To be content is a self-sufficiency that arises out of our relationship with God. A sufficiency we find in him that no matter what is happening around us, we find a sufficiency on the inside of us that comes from His Spirit. This mysterious internal compass points us in the direction of peace and satisfaction and lets us rest easy. Contentment is something we cannot live peaceably without. Isn't that beautiful, church? You know, God says we are going to face some challenges. And Johnny tells us that there's going to be times where we're going to have to go through a storm. But he says we are not going through that storm alone. We are going through that storm with him. And with him in our storm, what is the storm really, right? But we so often, just like the men on the road, and just like Mary Magdalene, get so overwhelmed with our own situation and with our own circumstances that we don't realize 
that Jesus is right there in our storm. Jesus is right here in our lockdown. He hasn't forgotten us. He hasn't left us. He hasn't changed his plans for us. He is still with us in the storm. Church, he's never left. Amen? But we learned a few beautiful principles from Paul in this passage. Paul had learned a word, a magic word called content. What does this word really mean? What did content mean for Paul? The first thing I can tell you is he learned to be content. Do you see that it says that in Philippians 4 verse 11? It says, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content. He learned contentment. He wasn't born with it. It was a supernatural impartation. He learned contentment. How did he learn contentment? He learned contentment in the times of his trials, in his times of his difficulty, in his times of saying, God, I choose you despite what I'm facing right now. God, I choose you despite the accusations coming against me right now. God, I choose you despite the, the jail term that lies ahead of me. I choose you, God, above all. This is the first thing that contentment will do for you, church. Just like Paul, it is something that we have to learn over time. We have to train our hearts to be content. We have to train our hearts that God is in control of our lives. And no matter what comes our way, if a false accusation comes your way, you can look at God and know that He's going to help you through it. If a, if a trial comes your way, you can teach your heart to know that God is not going to let you go in this trial. You learn contentment. And once you start learning contentment, your heart becomes stable because nothing that comes your way can absolutely take you from the love of God. The second thing we see from Paul is that contentment strengthened him. When you are content, you can go back to those times in your life where God has been faithful. And you can remind yourself of the faithfulness of God in anything. We often call it beacons in our life. When we go through a tough time, we go back and we reflect on the beacons that God has placed in our lives. This is the beautiful thing about contentment. It strengthens us. So, firstly, we have to learn to be content. Secondly, to be content will strengthen us. Thirdly, contentment is rooted in the sovereignty of God. When we know that God is sovereign over all, and that God knows the beginning from the end and the in-between, He can look from the beginning to the end and see the end, and he can look from the end to the beginning and see the beginning, then we know that we can trust the sovereign God in our lives. You know, we have seen a beautiful song in the church that says, even what the enemy means for evil, God turns it for our good because he's sovereign over us. Do you believe, do you trust the sovereignty of God? Paul trusted the sovereignty of God. That means that no matter what we face, no matter what situation comes our way, we know that our lives are in God's hands. And he is sovereign over us. It means I trust his timetable, I trust his seasons, and I trust every single process that is running in our lives today. This is something that we learn from Paul. It's a beautiful aspect that if we bring it into our lives, even as women, amen, we can know that the sovereignty of God is in control of our lives. He is sovereign and I submit to his rule. You know, it's easy to say, I believe God is sovereign. But to say, do I believe and do I trust the sovereignty of God is something different. Do I trust that whatever comes my way has either been allowed by God or has been sent by Him as a training ground for me 
to make me into the person that he wants me to be. We often forget, after David was anointed on the, in front of all his brothers, after he was forgotten, 20 chapters and 20 years later, David walked in as king. Why was those 20 chapters and 20 years necessary? Because God had to instill certain things in his life to make him a great leader. Sometimes, church, we want to so badly have the next that we don't allow God to install in us what he needs us to be, to be the next and to touch the next person and to be in the next season of our lives. Amen. God has your days numbered. He knows you. He understands you. He believes in you. And he's your God. If we have this as a basis and foundation in our lives, we can live a content life. A life that says, God, my life is in your hands. My purposes are in your hands. My destiny is in your hands. God has not been thrown off the throne because COVID-19 walked into this planet. Amen? He's still in control. He still has your purpose on his heart. And he still has a destiny for you to fulfill. It's not over. We are just in a season where we know that we have to not look at what's going on around us. We don't have to focus on all the social media, on all the theories. We've been so distracted looking at circumstances and situations around us, looking at what would have, could have, should have been, instead of just taking the moment to quieten our hearts and see that God is right there with us. Amen. I'm going to end with a scripture from Psalms 46, verse 10. And this is a scripture you can memorize, you can write it on your wall, you can write it on your cell phone, you can write it anywhere, ladies, because this is a really good scripture for us. It says, surrender your anxiety, be silent and stop your striving, and you will see that I am God. I am the God above all the nations, and I will be exalted throughout the earth. See and know that He is God. Just stop stressing and hand over your control of your life to the sovereign God. Choose contentment. See that this is just a training ground for what God is preparing you to be and rely on the sovereignty of God. Put your full trust in His name. Trust God with your future. Trust a God that is patient. Trust a God that is kind. Trust a God that is enduring. Trust a God that is your deliverer. Trust a God that is your healer. Trust a God that is your sufficiency. Ladies, trust a God that is your burden bearer, that he's, trust a God that is, that is eternal. Trust a God that is sovereign. Trust a God that has no beginning and has no end. Trust a God that has a heart for you. He loves you unconditionally. He loves your family unconditionally. And he has a good future planned for you. What we are going through now is just for now. It's not forever. Amen? If we trust in the sovereignty of God and we trust that He has our lives in His hands, then whatever we face today is nothing. But many times, ladies, men, gentlemen, young men, children, we forget to stop and just look around and see that Jesus is right there in our situation. He has never left. He's right there to assist you and support you. God is our refuge and our strength. He's our very present help in time of trouble. We can run to him anytime and he's right there with his arms open wide. When you make a decision to be content, you will see your Jesus in every moment. Amen, church. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you that this afternoon we can come together as the body of Christ, Lord. 
and we can trust in your sovereignty, Father. We can be content in our times and our seasons, Lord. We can be content in your timing for our lives, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that this afternoon we can come together as one, Father, and thank you for every season in our life, Father. Thank you for the training you've given us. Thank you for the preparation you've given us. Thank you for the times, the time you've taken to put us together, Lord. And this afternoon, we just want to come and say we hand over control once again to you, Lord. We stop in the middle of the storm and we look around and we realize that you are right there, Father. Thank you for every household, Lord. We pray your peace over every household, Lord. We pray your joy over every household, Father. We pray your presence over every household, Lord. And we thank you that you are the God of today, that you're the God of yesterday, Father. But mostly, Lord, you are still the God of tomorrow. And you hold our lives in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.